Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch's sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee, plus 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com code odyssey. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey everyone, Matt here. Quick note before we get to today's episode, I am going to be doing some live stand-up shows in Denver at the Comedy Works south of the Landmark. I'll be there March 19th through March 21st. That's Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. I'm doing a bunch of shows. And that's just the beginning. I'm going to be coming to a lot more cities, hopefully very soon. But first up, coming to Denver. So you can go to mapllsi.com tour, or just go to the Comedy Works website, or fucking Google it. You know how to find tickets. And come on out for a night of fun and laughter and me making a fool of myself. Now on to today's show. Welcome to Unhappy Hour, the show where we bitch about all the things we love to hate every single week. I'm your host, Matt Bellasai. I'm here in the studio, as always, with my producer, Barry Finkel. Hi, Barry. Hi, Matt. I'm surprised you didn't come into the stew today just in full hazmat gear. I <laughs> Don't you worry. It's in the mail. Every time I leave my apartment, I go through just a, a vestibule that sprays me down <laughs> before I encounter the world and vice versa. When I get back, I do the same thing. Good. So I'm clean. I'm sterile. <laughs> oh, God. JK, I'm going to die. <laughs> But anyway, on today's show, we'll get into more of that in our deep dive. But first, we're going to kick things off, as always, with Worst Things First, where I shout about the worst news of the week. And then we're diving deep into hygiene etiquette, because all this coronavirus shit is getting to me. And I feel like we could all just use some collective venting about our fucking hygiene. But by collective, I mean screaming separately in our own homes and cars and bunkers. Don't get near us. Don't. And finally, we've got actor Rob Hubel as our guest complainer. Rob's been in 
pretty much everything you've ever seen, comedy and drama. He starred in Children's Hospital. He was Len in Transparent. He's the voice of Mr. Lizer on Big Mouth. And now he's on the pod to talk about his new Netflix show, Medical Police, and a bunch of shit he can't stand. So let's get into it. Let's do it. Let's cough into our fucking elbows and start the show. All right, worst things first. Let's talk about the worst news of the week first. A 75-year-old man at a nursing home in New Smyrna Beach, Florida. Smyrna? Yeah. I don't... And I hate when there's like a new in front of it. Where's it's the like, old one? No yeah. one's ever heard of Smyrna. I want to, let me see the original first yeah. before I have to learn this one. Anyway, 75-year-old man at this nursing home in Florida, only in Florida, <laughs> says nurses were ignoring him when he asked that they bring him his clothes. So did he call for help? Did he push his emergency button? Did he bang and scream? No. He did the most logical thing and set his bed on fire. Yes, love this energy. <laughs> King of demanding attention. <laughs> this is how you get it. It's what every preteen tries to do. Yeah, command that room. Make any nursing home your bitch by literally setting flame to your sheets. That's how you do it. Mm-hmm. And then you run away. Uh, which is what he did. <laughs> yeah. You just immediately go to the most drastic measure you can think of. Absolutely. So police say the man didn't intend to hurt anybody, but he was upset. He felt nurses were ignoring him. So he used a lighter to set a plastic bag on fire atop his bed. Okay. <laughs> Interesting choice. <laughs> yeah. I was kind of confused with the way they said he set a plastic bag on fire. I guess the the bed was not the intended Right, but also, why would the first thing you think of burning be plastic? <laughs> That's the thing you're not supposed to burn. Okay, I don't think well, any don't, logic a, was you brought. Have a toothpick? <laughs> you burn some wood? I don't. Yeah, I Even, don't. Uh, I don't think any any uh, common sense was really applied in this situation. A paper this cup? was this was more uh, of a of a cry for help. Okay. I think. Uh, yeah. So uh, the man's uh, like hospital roommate told him to put out the fire, but the man apparently relit it instead, and then flames erupted in the bed. The roommate pressed his emergency button, and then a nurse came with a fire extinguisher. Meanwhile, the man was making a run for it towards the elevators, where he was arrested and eventually booked into county jail, where presumably he will be given a new bed to set aflame. And a whole lot of different attention. (laughs) Okay, homophobic. (laughs) Wow. 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 Next. An animal control company in Richmond, Virginia, was called to an apartment to remove a little something something from the ceiling of a living room. That little something something. An eight foot long beehive that had somehow produced 80 to 100 pounds of honey. Okay, so they're sitting on a gold mine. (laughs) Yeah. 80 to 100. You know how many tiny bears of honey that is? (laughs) Thousands, millions. How much can one little bear weigh? A quarter of a pound? Sure. You do the math. Okay. Let's say that seems kind of heavy, but four four bears per pound. 
Okay, 400 bears. That's a shit ton of bears. <laughs> um, that is a boutique honey distribution company. According to Wildlife Control, the hive was apparently big enough to support 100,000 to 150,000 bees. Were they home when this happened? So I guess the apartment was in between tenants. Mm. Um Although, uh, squatters writes, it's the bees' apartment now. (laughs) It's not in between tenants if a full beehive is living there, actually. They were also Italian bees. (laughs) I don't know. I've never heard that before. I I didn't know that's how he categorized bees. (laughs) But I just, I love to imagine the hand gestures they were making while they were disassembling their beehive. Not in my home! (laughs) That's my... (laughs) That's my impression of an Italian bee. Also, I hate this line. The company said it does have a no-kill policy when it comes to bees, but that they could not find the queen after an extensive search so the hive could not be saved. So it was like, okay, so you murdered all of them because you didn't find the fucking queen. I guess I forget about that that's... I remember seeing some post on Tumblr because that's where I get all of my information, that was like, that's how you move uh, uh, like a colony of bees is that you get the queen and then they all follow the queen. Because <laughs> guess what? People will follow queens anywhere. <laughs> Next, a Louisiana State University student and fraternity brother was charged recently with breaking into the college's football stadium and taking a joyride on a four-wheeler around the inside. All right. Did he pay tuition? <laughs> then get over it. <laughs> you should be allowed to do whatever. If you pay $100,000 a year, although it's Louisiana State, <laughs> how much could it cost, Michael? $4. Is that an office quote? No, it's from Arrested Development. Expand your culture. Okay. Uh, the fraternity brother, whose name is the most fraternity brother name I've ever heard, <laughs> Clayton Fleetwood. That man was born in a fraternity. (laughs) This was a I didn't know I was pregnant situation. (laughs) Fell out of the womb into a fraternity toilet. Definitely. I don't know if any of that is acceptable to say. (laughs) Anyway, this man, he was also from New Jersey, so strike two. (laughs) Um, He was accused of entering Tiger Stadium late at night on January 21st and February 8th unclear what the fuck was happening there. Did they just let him go the first time or they didn't notice it? According to a, a university police, um, they say that the 19-year-old and some other unidentified suspect were captured on stadium security cameras driving an ATV around the field. An all-terrain vehicle, which I know from video games. Uh, but because the field was under construction, they caused damages that could amount to up to $8,000. Okay, so like one <laughs> biology class. Get the fuck over it. <laughs> Ugh, I hate when they uh, complain about money. <laughs> Fleetwood was booked into the East Baton Rouge Parish Prison. <laughs> who, uh, sounds like an Airbnb. Uh, who runs this prison? Nuns? <laughs> Ooh, Screenplay idea. (laughs) Orange is the New Black meets Sister Act. And finally, a 24-year-old man in Port Arthur, Texas, was sentenced to 30 days in jail for a video he posted on the internet showing him removing an ice cream container from a Walmart freezer, licking the contents, and putting it back. 
They say coronavirus comes from bats, but I'm pretty sure it started right there. Yeah, it's like, what? A pandemic? How? In this country? Yeah, it's because we fucking take out ice cream and lick it and then put it back. In Texas, which is a cesspool. You know how hot it gets there year-round? That's a hotbed. Literal hotbed. He also was sentenced to some other, like, jail time on probation um, and some fines, including a $1,500 fine in restitution to Bluebell Creameries, which had to replace all of its products in the freezer. (laughs) That seems like a serious sentencing for a dumb thing to do. Yeah, it does kind of. Also, it says the video didn't show that he uh, went back and bought the ice cream that he licked. So ultimately he bought it. So he was just marking it for later. <laughs> Guess what? Jail. That's how I shop. Ah, uh, this is Texas justice. This is what happens when you just let uh, people write their own laws. I love that you can like bring guns anywhere, but you can't lick one <laughs> ice cream pint and go back for later and buy it. Okay, so producer Melissa Slaughter, whose family lives in Houston, Texas, is jumping in to, to fact check us and an update because... I guess this is an epidemic in Texas. So here's the thing. Last summer, a girl did this same prank where she licked a couple of Bluebell ice cream. They're calling it a prank because they're all teens. (laughs) I mean, yeah. And so they treated it as a major crime. And I know this because when I went to visit my parents last summer, this was like all anyone could talk about. There was a copycat licker after this. (laughs) I guess. (laughs) Like a week or so after. So there was two of them. So that's why they're, like, putting this third person in jail. Right. <sighs> anyway, the year, a couple of years before, Bluebell actually had to shut down its factory because of, like, unsafe health practices and three people died. Oh, my God. This is God. all coming from an Eater article that I'm looking at called Don't Like Ice Cream in Stores. <laughs> yeah. Somebody said, we live in a prison state. The original liquor got off lucky, but they could have faced up to 20 years in prison. Uh, yeah, so Bluebell and Texas has a history of this type of occurrence, this type of crime. Thank you so much for this horrifying news update. <laughs> the point is, people are disgusting, I guess, which is a perfect transition to this week's deep dive, because next, we are diving deep into all of the ways that you disgust me hygiene-wise. Deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. Deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. Okay, so here's the thing. This is not a news podcast, obviously. Nothing I say is verified by fact checkers or even common sense, if I'm being honest. But if I know one thing, I know this. We're all going to die from coronavirus. <laughs> you shut your goddamn mouth. <laughs> JK. Not true. Probably not. There's a lot of scary misinformation going around, but the reality seems to be it's a bad flu. You probably don't want to get it. If you do get it, you're probably not going to die. <laughs> do I sound convincing? <laughs> Obviously, that doesn't mean we should all be, like, sneezing into one another's gaping mouths. But we don't have to be wearing hazmat suits on the subway, as far as I know, based on my limited research. Based on your limited ability to get on the subway. (laughs) All that being said, this whole ordeal has been a good societal reminder of how terrible our collective hygiene is. 
because just when I think I have nothing to worry about, I walk outside and see a man cough spit the thickest loogie I've ever seen in my life straight onto the sidewalk while a crowd of people waltz through his germ cloud. The point is, whether or not we're in the middle of a humanity-ending pandemic, and we're probably not, but I can't be sure, we all need some basic reminders on how not to be a disgusting piece of shit. So let's dive in. First, wash your fucking hands with soap after every single time you use the bathroom. You absolute cesspool of withering shit particles. The amount of disgusting confidence that people have in a public restroom who just get out of the stall and then walk out. No. Like, what? I've seen that multiple times in my sweet young life. Yeah. I am appalled. Appalled. When I hear that people just don't wash their hands after they pee. I literally don't care. I don't care if you're in your own home or if all you did was tinkle. It's a bathroom. There are germs seeping from everywhere. There are poop particles just floating around on every surface. Just because you didn't stick your hand up your asshole doesn't mean you didn't touch a bunch of surfaces that have also been touched by people who stuck their hands up their assholes. Oh, but I used a urinal. I I didn't even touch anything. You touched your dick! You revolting puddle of piss! Also, splashback and just general germ clouds. Would you let someone touch your face knowing that they had their hand on their dick and then they didn't wash it? I mean, yes. (laughs) If they're offering, I'll take any touch I can get. But yeah, I mean, I think just as a general rule, even if you were like, I get no germs from using the bathroom. I come in no contact. It's like, okay, well, maybe that's just like a good time to just wash your hands anyway. Even if I go into the bathroom not to use the bathroom, but just to use it as a place to cry during the day, like I'm still going to wash my hands. I hate even chewing gum in the bathroom. I find that to be disgusting. Like I will spit it out before I go into the bathroom. Because then I just think about all the particles getting caught into the gum. (laughs) And I hope I ruined gum for all of you just now. Don't think I've ever had that thought before. The most, like, extreme thing that I think I do uh, in general is, like, when I'm walking down the sidewalk and someone even, like, exhales too too forcefully, I hold my breath before I get, like, 15 feet past them. It's like a graveyard. It's bad luck. Yeah. I think the most upsetting thing about uh, a public restroom in particular, the fact that you still have to touch anything Mm -hmm. is... So barbaric. The fact that I have to touch uh, a bathroom door to get out of the bathroom is like, all right, why don't I just like club a saber tooth? (laughs) I might as well be a fucking caveman is what I'm saying, because this is this is ridiculous because it's all it takes is one person to have touched that surface. And then it's like, okay, I could scrub the shit out of my hands. But guess what? Now I have to leave and I will reinfect myself on the way out. One of my favorite things that, like, I'd say 2% of ba- public bathroom doors have are those little foot. Have you seen it? It's like a little foot yeah. thing that you can use your shoe to, like, open the door. A little foot handle. That's that's probably the word. That That Love is a good that. one. Um, I feel like automated doors are good. Um, or a lot of, like, a lot of airports where you just get, you get the zigzaggy thing. There you go. Where you can't see into it. Although I have accidentally walked into a number of women's rooms because I, <laughs> the signs aren't clear enough. 
But you know what? It's 2020. Who cares? A lot of people. (laughs) (laughs) Next! I hate, I hate the fucking sinks, faucets, where you have to manually press down on it for it to work. So you have to do it with, like, one hand. There are, like, four levels of faucets. There's the one that is entirely manual, where you Mm -hmm. have to turn it. Then there's the one that is automatic, but you have to continually hold it down. So, like, you have to hold it down with one hand to wash the other and then hold it down with the other hand. I think maybe the dumbest. Yeah, that one defeats every purpose. Both purposes. (laughs) So you're like, oh, you, you mean this little knob is just, like, Infested. <laughs> Good. I'll. I guess I'll have to touch it constantly they have while I wash. At LAX, they have those sinks. I feel yeah. like next time I'm just gonna have to like use my leg. Now that we're both so flexible, right? Just use my foot to hold it down while I wash my hands. Right. Right. Just the foot that um, walked along the bathroom floor. I mean, I'll never have to touch it, so it doesn't bother me. Um, then there's the one that you have to touch, but then it stays on. Right. For like a questionable amount of time and then there's the one that's completely automatic that you just put your hands under and you don't have to touch anything that obviously is like god tier (laughs) the one that aggravates me the most is the one that is automatic that you hit that only lasts like three seconds yeah you're gonna have to keep going and going and going yeah scientists have told us that you need to wash your hands for at least like 20 minutes (laughs) because you're disgusting (laughs) next don't Cough or sneeze into the open air, you fucking whoopee cushion of filth. Cover your disgusting maw when you're fucking expelling mucus from your mouth. And here's something that will blow your fucking mind. Don't cough or sneeze in your hands. Because guess what? Your hands are where you use to touch things, you monster. Cough into your elbow crease or into your shirt or at the very least... Away from anything that people will actually fucking touch. Like your dick. (laughs) I cough. I actually cough exclusively onto my dick. (laughs) And guess what? No one's getting sick. (laughs) It's actually shocking to like take the subway or like a plane or to like go grocery shopping and just see people who openly cough or sneeze into their hands and then like touch the subway pole or fucking the, the seat back thing or like the shopping cart handle. There's also a lot of wiping your nose with the back of your hand. Yeah. No. None of that. Are you a napkin? Is your skin a fucking Kleenex? I didn't think so. So don't. This is why we all die in the zombie movies. Because you are a walking Petri dish just ejaculating your viral insides onto the rest of us. Next! Letting your children just run around unsterilized should be classified as terrorism. (laughs) That is biological terrorism. Wipe your child's face. I can see, I can see, literally see the boogers, like, solidified, crystallized beneath their noses. Also, children, like, don't understand that their body is, like, doing stuff that they're not controlling. So, like, they don't know that they're coughing, and then they don't know to, like, cough into their elbow. So you know what you do instead? You put them in a goddamn ski mask until (laughs) they're not sick anymore. Just a full-blown gas mask. Or remember the plague? Yes. (laughs) Famously remember the plague. When they wore those, like, terrifying, like, crow masks. plague doctors? Yes, I do. All children should be in those. (laughs) Let's just bring back the plague mask. 
Yeah, just every time I see a child, it's disgusting. I want to spray it with Lysol from head to toe. Next! This one may come as a, a surprise, but I am anti-snot rocket. Oh, he, this is just an attack on me because I snot rocketed when we were hiking. I didn't know people actually did this, like civilized people who had been raised by humanity. I only do it when I'm hiking. Okay. <laughs> sure. <laughs> No, I would rather sit with boogers just falling from my face Ugh. than to snot rocket. Here's the thing. It's so effective. If you have to snot rocket, if you have to, and for those who don't know, a snot rocket <laughs> is when you really have to blow your nose. And so uh, perhaps you don't have access to a Kleenex. So you hold one side of your nose down and then you violently blow it out of one nostril. As hard as you possibly can. And then it, the snot rockets out and it is fully disgusting (laughs) i do think i mean it's like okay if you're a last resort you're like up a mountain which we were on a canyon um or you can fucking wait i guess uh uh this might be a little too much information i don't generally have most of my uh boogers are pretty a viscous. Ew! <laughs> you are correct. <laughs> it was, in fact, too much. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I've never, like, I don't think I'd ever be capable of a snot rocket. You'll only know if you try. Next! No double dipping! I am not a huge fan of the double dip in general. I'm also, like, a historical germaphobe. Yeah, this is a newer thing for me. Uh, I've never thought about how much everyone touches the things I touch really until now. <laughs> right. But Seinfeld taught us about double dipping in the 90s. We yeah. should have learned. We've had so much time. Did I say on this podcast yet how my trainer didn't know what Seinfeld was? Okay, he <laughs> needs to go. <laughs> this is enough is enough. Have I told you that? No, enough is enough. <laughs> what I'm saying is that I'm about to be the funniest person that he's ever <laughs> met because I'll just repeat everything that I've seen on Seinfeld. JK, it's not that funny. Whoa. (laughs) (laughs) Like, if you're amongst friends, I don't mind, like, you know, you're sharing a thing of guac. You're splitting a dessert. I don't mind a dip, a bite, and then a flip to the other side and dip if if you really have to. Yeah, but what about, like, sharing a sundae? Oh, no, I mean, that you're just going all in. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. But... Yeah, there's something about that that is less appalling to me than, like, you're at a party and multiple people are just, like, going, like, full-blown orgy on a salsa. Yeah, no. It's not good. Yeah. Have respect. At least You have to get everyone's consent before you double dip. That is the rule. And finally, leave on your goddamn shoes in public. And wash your goddamn clothes, okay? Some of this... Might come off as a little as a little classist, but I, I don't think keeping your fucking shoes on your smelly goddamn feet is too much to ask. And to wash your socks, there was some there was some report I feel like that I read or made up that was like everybody, uh, like a majority of people don't change their underwear every day. I'm sorry, what? This is perhaps controversial. Maybe it was men, which seems yeah, that accurate. makes more sense. <laughs> but it's like. Change your fucking underwear. I mean, you know, it's one thing if, like, I, I, not to, <laughs> there's some privilege involved, I guess. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, like, if you have the means, change your fucking underwear every single goddamn day, okay? You're disgusting. You're sitting in your own filth. Take a shower. 
leave on your goddamn shoes. Wash your hands. Don't cough out loud. Don't cough and sneeze into the public air. Be respectful of others. And I think we'll be just fine. Unless we won't. And that's it for this week's Deep Dive. Next, we got Rob Hubel in the stude right after this commercial break. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. My guest complainer today is comedian Rob Hubel. You know him from basically everything. Wet Hot American Summer, Transparent, The Leak, Parks and Rec, just everything. And now you can see him in Medical Police on Netflix. Welcome, Rob. Thanks for having me. Um, I need to apologize. I I didn't like that (laughs) intro. I, I came in. I'm already coming off a little too much. Very aggressive. Very extra so far. Yeah, you're a hopped up on overnight oats. We were talking about that. Yes, I had overnight oats this morning, and uh, but you did not prepare yourself. No, I'm not. I'm not uh, a planner, so I need to rely on business establishments that uh, look, you know, around the corner, and they say, "Hey, we could sell these tomorrow." <laughs> If we put them in the fridge tonight. Yeah. So that's what I had for breakfast. That is my general attitude towards like slow cookers also. Yeah, uh, I don't have it. I don't have the patience for that. That is me having to plan for what I will want at least eight hours from now. Impossible. Impossible. In theory, it's like planning a, a dinner reservation. Yeah. But being able to see the food go in and sit there and, and have to wait, and, that and is a problem. And stew on top of itself. Yeah, that's a lot. That requires a lot of patience, a lot of planning. But that's what uh, overnight oats are uh, a, a form of a It's slow the slow cooker. cooker. Yeah. It's the no bre- heat. It's the no breakfast heat. slow cooker. <laughs> <laughs> so we usually start by asking everybody, what is one thing you hate that everybody else loves? Ooh, okay. And so is that how we you set that up? Like, we're not going to start like that. <laughs> well, I, sure. It's towards the beginning. <laughs> OK. Um, uh, yeah. Usually. Well, I, I do always say we usually start, but we always start. With yeah, that. it's mandatory. <laughs> so I need to tell you that everyone loves Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, except 
for me. I'm the only one. And uh, universally acclaimed movie. People Not love a it. Single hater. Everyone, everyone in America and worldwide loves it. But I will, I will fight everybody uh, about this. And I don't really care. But it's just that I am a big fan of Tarantino mm-hmm. uh, as a director. I don't think as a person, but as a director, <laughs> I think he makes cool, good movies. But I just thought this movie was lazy. And uh, it was like a mishmash of things that he likes. Like, oh, I like Bruce Lee. I'll have Bruce Lee cameo in this movie. And 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 then oh, I also like uh, that shot when they're driving and I'm shooting right behind their head, right over their shoulder. I like so I'll do that ten times. Right. Um, and I also like kind of Manson. I don't know. It just seemed sort of lazy to me. Yeah, yeah. A lot of feet. That was a lot a, of feet, yeah. That was a big uh, critique. Yeah, he. Well, yeah, we could go deep on that. <laughs> it was his next movie is just going to be like a close up of a woman's feet. I'm with you on this. On this. Oh, uh, you're on my side. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah. I. But uh, but I agree. I was kind of. I was just bored. I thought it was boring. Yeah. I thought. Listen, it's a great setup for a movie. Like. I love the idea of a an actor and his aging stuntman and like that relationship. I thought was great. Let's just have more of that. But all this other stuff, I was like, well, come yeah, on. yeah. I also am like, you know, this is my sensibilities, but you can't have an entire movie with Brad Pitt and um, what's his face, the other one, Leonardo. <laughs> You are not from Los Angeles. <laughs> how dare you? You can't have the two of them it being how they were in that movie, and they don't fuck at the end of it. Yeah, it seemed like we were driving towards that. Yeah, yeah. Once, once Brad Pitt goes up on the roof and takes his shirt off, I was like, oh, well, these these people are fucking, They're right? They're definitely going to fuck. We're going to see yeah. this in slow motion, I hope. Uh, um, but no, just a, just a lot of Margot Robbie's feet. A lot of her feet. Yeah, I don't know why she was in that movie either. But, <laughs> but it, yeah. it just, they didn't give her anything to do, and she's great. But anyway, but I'm not that, that – I don't – you know, my distaste for that movie will not define me. Right, right. Well, it's too late. It's too late. <laughs> it's out there now. That's it. That's the entire episode. This yeah. is what? what? That's you're, it? It's over? It's the hill you'll die on. No, there was another one also that you mentioned uh, ahead of time, which is free stuff. Oh, yes. I, we should have led with this. Yeah. I don't like when people give me free stuff. And and that means like uh, samples of things. You know, when companies give you like, oh, here, you should try this, um, you know um, – any any sort of product, uh, and I and I'm I'm not trying to like complain that oh I'm an actor and I get a lot of I don't <laughs> get I feel like I don't really get a lot of free stuff. But if there is a thing where they're like giving out samples to the public, right. you know, like the guy at the grocery store, that I would li- I would beat that person <laughs> up. I would say you get it, you get out of here. Are you not? I mean, the Sam's Club experience. No, not no. You can eat. You can sustain an entire family based on the free samples at Sam's Club alone. Listen, I feel uncomfortable going into a, like a yogurt place and sampling the like. Okay, I don't. Yeah. I don't like that. Even if it's a self serve. Even if you take the cup over to yourself and pull down the lever. I don't even like that. I just don't like it. 
And I mean, don't even get me started about the people that hold up the line at the <laughs> at the yogurt ice cream place that are like, mm, 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 yeah, mm, mm, I don't know. I don't. It's like you fucking fuck. Get the fuck. <laughs> the little tiny spoon people. Get yeah. them out of here. Get them out. Yeah, I w- I w- went to a, an, an ice cream place recently oh, with, with a taster. Bragger. <laughs> Listen, I have some disposable income. <laughs> Wait, uh, you, so you you were with a uh, a free was, sampler, a yeah, taster. I was yeah. with a sampler and oh, boy. and it's like I can stand idly by for like two samples maximum. Ooh, that's a lot. Before I start getting like oh, okay, I, I now like I have it. to intervene. My wife does it and it dri- it drives me crazy. She'll sample like as much as they'll, you know, let you. But meanwhile, everyone behind you is staring at you and thinking what a fucking dick you are. You have to commit to a flavor. That is my stance. There's also just a there's a time limit on transactions, guys. <laughs> we got to keep shit flowing. There is something very quaint about like that experience, like an ice cream parlor. Sure. Back in the 40s. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone was a farmer. Um, sure. And you only had to worry about your crops coming in. Yeah. Um, but we've, we've moved on as a society. For sure. And we got to get in and get out. The, yeah, the free stuff thing. There's a there's a skincare place that I go to because I'm you a can homosexual. Say it. What is it? Sephora? <laughs> uh, no, no, no. Kiehl's. But I, I, yeah, it is Kiehl's. Uh, really? I thought Kiehl's was garbage. They they do like shoot a rabbit in the face for every every well, ounce. I thought that way back. Um, but you mean the product is garbage. The product line is. And look, if they're a sponsor of the podcast, <laughs> not uh, anymore. I apologize. <laughs> no, Keels, they're not. Rub it on. I, r- rub it on. You'll love it. I would gladly accept their stuff. But but um no. but when I lived in New York, uh, there was a Keel store down in the East Village. I don't know yeah. if it's still there. Like around thirteenth or fourteenth. But at one point, I heard that the company sold itself to like some huge, you know, cosmetics corporation, and then right. they just like went <laughs> and started like just squirting, you know, whatever into the into the tubes. Yeah, I don't know if that's been your experience. Uh, I still like it. What I don't like is they really insist on giving you samples. a lot of samples. Yeah. When you've already purchased a bunch. Yeah. And I have to like multiple times say, I have all of it. I, I don't use need it anymore. I'm sold. You got, I'm already in the habit. Uh, but yeah, I think I like so uh, like broke the cashier that she ended up giving me like just an entire bottle of stuff yeah. as a free sample. Right. Which I'm on board with that. If I you're going to give me something for free, make it a full-blown yeah. freebie. I, and, you know, as I say this, I guess there's just categories of free stuff I don't like because I feel like most of it is garbage. But – yeah, if there were like, you know, prescription drugs that they would give you is like, here, just try these, you know, these are, you know, whatever your, whatever <laughs> your prescription. Yeah, there are. That is also an alarming one when you go to the yeah. doctor and they, yeah, yeah. And they give you all of that. Yeah. And also my first job out of college, I worked at a newspaper in Atlanta called Creative Loafing. And it's sort of, sort of like the Village Voice. It was like the free weekend entertainment paper. And uh, we used to have to go to events like um, – you know, concerts or whatever and throw out, you know, beer koozies and like sweatbands and T-shirts and stuff like that with creative loafing on it. And people – this is where I first turned against free stuff because people went fucking crazy. Like you would give them 
a a tiny like a dog frisbee, not even a human frisbee, like a dog <laughs> yeah. size frisbee with the logo of this newspaper on it, and people would like push their kids out of the way so they could grab it, you know, because I would just like throw it out into the crowd. Right. But to watch people tear each other apart to get like a T-shirt or a sweatband, it was it was a bummer. We like free stuff. People love it. The the idea of free stuff. Yeah. Until yeah, Marie Kondo comes into your house and tells and you says, that you're a fucking moron. Yeah, she says, "Pick this up, hold it. What do you feel? <laughs> Despair." And you start crying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've gotten much better at throwing all of that stuff away. Yeah, but it's also just like stop making this stuff. Stop making this stuff, and then I don't have to donate it. Right. Yeah. I'm really coming off like a fucking dick. <laughs> this show. <laughs> well, we could talk about some of the other stuff. I mean, that is a, Does everyone that come everyone that comes on the show, do they all come off like assholes? Um, sure. Oh, uh, that didn't sound convincing. <laughs> my if my job as a host <laughs> is to make everybody sound like an asshole. Uh, I I have to bring everybody down to my own level, yeah, yeah, which yeah. is assholedom. No, I do love that your IMDb page, obviously a trustworthy, a, a source of, of great trust. Oh, yeah, yeah. Everything that they have on IMDb is legit. Yeah. I love how it describes the people you play as charismatic but otherwise loud, ignorant, and obnoxious jerks. <laughs> well, I someone asked me about that recently, and it is incredible that when you – if you were a Hollywood movie director and you didn't know who I was and you looked me up on IMDb, you would – that's the first thing you see about me. Right. And I didn't put that on there. Someone put that on there that I play. I'm known for playing uh, cameo roles of ob- of obnoxious, like, assholes. Right. Which I don't think is entirely true. Oh, oh well, that's not – it's not that it's inaccurate. It's just that that's the first thing you see about – like, I don't want to promote that. Right. You know? There is also an unfortunate anecdote about Chevy Chase that you've probably talked about a thousand times. Yes. But those are the two highlights. Those are the things that people know about me. And also, people know me from – I'm now famous for uh, a GIF – that I have on the internet. That's right. And, yeah. Which is from... You the, just did the, the motion. I did the hand motion of me throwing glitter uh-huh. uh, that is now sort of synonymous with happy birthday or congratulations or whatever. But it's me and like a light blue tuxedo and a a, a very crazy mustache, sort right. of Rip Taylor-ish throwing glitter. And that was from an episode of Children's Hospital. So I stand by it. But that will be when I die... If they still do that at the Emmys or something, they'll like I'll be in the montage and that'll be what they play for, as boys to men sings like right, right. I mean, how I'd, do I say goodbye? It'll be me. doing it was some like TikTok star will be doing a boys to men cover. Yes, yeah. Um, I do love that Billie Eilish did the tribute song, uh, and I'm still not entirely sure who Billie Eilish is. You're not on board with her. I'm not not on board with her. Yeah. I also just realized she is, I, I like jokingly called her a teen. Yeah, I think she is. But she is 17. She might have just turned 18. Now, you seem to be uncomfortable with her hair uh, style, her hair color. Okay, yeah, we can we can address that accusation. <laughs> 
Again, you have said nothing to indicate that. <laughs> this is me just accusing you um, randomly. I do. I think anybody who you know looks at the cover art, if they have not, if they are unfamiliar with my physical appearance, uh-huh. I have, I have the hairstyle of someone who would judge Billie Eilish's hairstyle. <laughs> <laughs> I have, yeah, I have a very plain haircut, uh, if you could call it that. Uh, what would you tell her if she, if you worked in a hair salon or if you if you knew someone that worked in a hair salon and said, look, you need to go and see my friend. Um, he's going to help you out because this situation right now is not working for me. There's something of like a monster energy drink. Mm-hmm. Uh, the that vibe that yeah. I get from it that yeah. I would just suggest the green like, specifically it, the green yeah but it's a green yeah it is a green that is that is like incandescent just like neon right yeah that you can like feel right <laughs> you don't just see it your other senses start to activate yes, yes. that I'm not uh, not fully on board with right right I would like to point out that I I have tricked you into admitting this. <laughs> you really did. This I was got, not I even got baited. Yeah. So yeah, when my body shows up, uh, I, yeah, in, when yeah. you are murdered by her fans, are her fans? Did they? They so they came after you, or we? Maybe we shouldn't even talk about it because we don't want them to keep coming after you. At this rate, I've gone through cycles of pissing off teens on the internet. Yeah. So uh, it, it's really part of my career at this yeah. point. Well, let's move on to some of the other items that you sent. That I'm upset about. That you are mad about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, They range from the specific to the general. The first very specific one is the wild parrots in your neighborhood. Yes. Well, this is a very specific problem. Uh, Really only, I think, to my neighborhood. I live in Pasadena, California. No big deal. I can afford it. Um, (laughs) And there are— That uh, would be a brag if I truly (laughs) knew the geography of this state. It's not really a brag. But somehow um, out in Pasadena, there are parrots, like the green parrots that you see in pet stores and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I don't know the history of it, whether someone didn't like their parrot and turned it loose, you know, one, one morning. Mm-hmm. And then someone else did the same thing. But now there are giant flocks of these um, green parrots in Pasadena. And okay. they, when they fly around, they make a crazy amount of noise. They scream at each other. Yeah. And so it's like the most blood-curdling thing. And um, so so you can kind of hear them coming from like a mile away. You'll hear this like – it sounds like a bunch of old ladies like screaming, screaming, screaming. You're like, what the fuck? is happening. All these old ladies are coming to kill me. And then as it approaches, you're like, oh, it's all these parrots. Right. But there's just like a huge horde of them. But they're only, I think they're only in Pasadena. Yeah, I'm not a huge bird fan. I'm not either because I think birds are gross. (laughs) Okay. They're really (laughs) gross. What were you going to go with? You don't like them for their personalities? Yeah. Yeah. Their Uh, personalities are weird. It's also being in New York. It's like the birds the have only evolved birds, to yeah. be much, much more like confident and aggressive yeah. in a way that is like specifically at humans. I haven't been to New York in a little while. Do they still have pigeons? They're still there. Oh, I mean, my. I don't know if you can still call them pigeons or if they've evolved into a different species. Yeah. But um, yeah, they're very aggressive. They've mated with rats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if I think you know, it's worse than birds. People that own birds as pets. Yeah. I said it. I should have put that on the list. That should have been my number one thing. I I know some bird people. Yeah. Wait a second. How many listeners 
to this podcast have birds. Everybody raise your hand. <laughs> if you're driving right now, raise your hand. If you're in the subway, raise your hand if you have a bird. It's uh, you're you're doing a lot of assuming that people with birds are <sighs> capable of listening, <laughs> right. to a technological device. Yeah, and 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 even know about podcasts. They probably don't because they're so wrapped up in their fucking bird. Yeah, your bird is your podcast. Yeah, your bird is your whole uh, source of communication and entertainment. To the extent that some birds just repeat back what you say out loud, that is what a podcast is essentially. That's true. You know, there are some. Parrots, I think like the African gray parrot. And again, I'm not a... You know an awful lot about parrots for someone who hates parrots. I'm not a doctor or a veterinarian, but uh, but I think they live to be like 90. And so they really do. They really do. And that cannot possibly yes, be go- true. Do we have the control room on this? They're going to Google it. Uh, so what happens is people buy these pets and they have them for like five years. And they're like, right. okay, when's this thing going to die? And then they Google it and they're like, oh, this fucking thing is going to outlive me. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, they live really, really long. And uh, um, but, yeah, I, I think people just need to stay away from birds. I think don't birds also cause some diseases? Haven't like didn't did obviously bird flu. Yeah. Avian flu. Yeah. Did that come from sex with a bird? Did someone make At love? At some point. Yeah. Someone made love to a bird. Right. Cloaca. To human genital contact. What is is uh, you you <laughs> drop that like everyone knows what that is? Is yeah, the, the moment that I that word know. hit your face. I nodded along like I knew what that was, and then immediately was like, I I don't know what that is. The cloaca is the word for the the bird genitals. Uh, oh my god! I don't know if it refers to a vagina or yeah. the penis. Is it what what did their sex organs look like? I think it's some type of like uh, a little flap. I guess so, because I guess the egg, it, like they like birth a whole egg. Uh huh. Um, yeah, they're also ducks have. I'm we're being, I'm being fed some information here. Ducks have corkscrew penises. Ducks, no, that can't be the case. Right. So they uh, they Ugh. they screw in. Oh. Anyway, I've I think I've told this story on the podcast before, but I I had a bad run in with a bird at an event that I did that involved a magician. <laughs> Whoa, there is so much to unpack here already. The long story short, you had a bad run in with a bird at an event that involved a magician. I was hosting a like lineup uh, yeah. of of entertainers. Sure. And one of them was a magician. And his trick ended with a, the emergence of a wild macaw, uh-huh. well, a, a, a domesticated macaw. Yeah. And he kind of violated some rules and they shut the lights off on him and the bird freaked out and it, it flew away into the audience. Oh, no. Of about 1,500 students. Oh, no. Anyway. Um, magicians also. I should have put on the list. Oh. Yeah. If there are magicians listening to this show... You are fucking barking up the wrong tree, brother. I would be pretty, I pretty surprised it. if there were any magicians in my in my listenership. But I'll, no, Ugh. I'll bird, reserve judgment. Bird owners and magicians, I hope, are not in your demo. Well, of of those two, I think that Venn diagram overlaps quite a bit. A lot. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. Well, for certain, <laughs> most magicians are bird owners because of for a prop. Most bird owners may not be magicians, but, uh, we, but we don't know. 
Another fact check, African gray parrots live to be 40 to 60 years old. Okay, so I exaggerated. I said 90, but that's, but that's a still, long That's time. longer than I would have expected. Would you want a dog that was 60 years old? <laughs> no. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Good luck segueing out of that. Uh, there was really no way to segue into the next one, which is lubricated catheter commercials. Okay. This is very specific to me. <laughs> I feel like some of the things that I emailed you, <laughs> these, are, these are things that no one has mentioned before. Okay. On cable, late at night. Sure. I don't even know how late at night it is. But there is, uh, they, <laughs> it's probably on in the daytime also. There are commercials for catheters. And right. I think it, you know, if you, I guess old people might have uh, a hard time going to the bathroom, you have to use a catheter, which sounds, you know, like its own nightmare. But um, there's one commercial for this one brand that are pre lubed. And I think the word is what I'm objecting to there. That term, pre-lubed, right, right. really got under my skin somehow. Also, this commercial is a little bit crazy because it has like kind of one guy, but he's a pilot. Okay. And so in this commercial, they show this older gentleman who supposedly is wearing a pre-lubed catheter so he can urinate easily into a bag, I guess, while he's flying a aerobatic airplane, which Uh seems like a weird sales pitch to me. Right, yeah. You know, apologies to that guy if he's just an actor that, (laughs) (laughs) hey, man, take it easy on me. It just seems like a lot of multitasking unnecessarily. Yes, it seems like a lot. I feel like if I'm going to wear a catheter, if that's the right term, or use a catheter, Uh, I'm probably not going to do it while I'm flying my plane. Yeah, yeah. That's my point. Uh, a final one, uh, birthday parties for children. Yeah, well, that's because I have a three-year-old, so uh, and she's very, very popular, very popular. Everyone loves my daughter, and uh, so we <laughs> we get invited to a lot of birthday parties. Um, so yeah. And so just kind of every weekend now, like it used to be, you know, you used to be able to go and do stuff with, right. with my wife or with my, even the three of us. But now it's like always a birthday party. It's the frequency of them. The frequency of them and the, uh, elaborateness of uh-huh. them that they're getting pretty elaborate, you know, like, uh, multi-stage parties, you know. <laughs> Where we're gonna show up at? You're gonna show up at nine. Oh, I see. I thought you meant like Coachella, where you like. You can... <laughs> There's different there entertainment are... <laughs> options. There are multiple stages. Kanye literally. is here. Metallica yeah. is here. Uh, no. Um, this is more like you show up at 930 and there's like a Easter egg hunt or a treasure hunt. Mm-hmm. And then at 10 o'clock, there's uh, the bounce house is coming out. Yeah. And then at 1030, we've got a, a one man band who plays, you know, the tuba and the flute and sure. the banjo. And then at 11 o'clock, we're all going to fight, you know. Right. Like fight club, yeah. Kid, kid fights, yeah. Yeah, at that point, you have to, to dampen the energy a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So I think just the, um, the it's gotten a little out of control. So I think basically we should cancel all kids' birthdays. That's what I'm proposing. And yet, when your daughter's birthday comes around. That's right. Yeah, we're going to blow it out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're going to have... There- Van Halen playing my daughter's birthday party, and then Billie Eilish is invited. If sure, she right. does not. It, hopefully, she won't listen to this. 
because she will hear what you said about her. But you've you've done a fantastic job defending her. So yeah, I think, so maybe she will. Maybe yeah. th- maybe she'll listen to the part where I defended her and right. she'll come to my daughter's birthday party. I also should say about the birthday party thing, I don't think birthday parties will be around much longer. I think they will be illegal because of the coronavirus. <laughs> I do think that uh, most people – by the time this podcast drops – can I say drops? Yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of the population will be quarantined in their homes. Especially children. I, th- I feel like at this point any – gathering of two or more children no, is illegal. a terrorist threat. Illegal, yes, illegal. Yeah. Children should not be allowed to congregate anywhere. Uh, but I did see uh, uh, an Atlantic magazine headline. Oh, you are such a name dropper. <laughs> uh, yeah, I did just, just read the headline, <laughs> as you do, but it did say that we're all going to get it. We're all going to get it? The headline exactly was, you're probably going to get coronavirus, but it'll be fine. Oh, is that true? I don't want it. <laughs> I'm glad I just ended on a great positive note. Yeah. But it was like, you know, it's it's one of those things because it's so highly contagious that like yeah. a lot of people are, are probably going to get it. But just it's like, not as bad as it sounds like. Yeah. Um, well, on that note, you do uh, play a doctor uh, in your new show. I do, uh, yes. That people can find. On, on Netflix. On Netflix right now. It might be on your homepage. If you turn it on, you'll either see myself or Aaron Hayes. And uh, the show is uh, a comedy show. I should be clear about that. Uh, because of the coronavirus, strangely, our show was written prior to any of this outbreak right. happening. But spoiler alert, our comedy show is about a worldwide pandemic. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. And uh, and myself and Aaron Hayes are two really dumb, dumb doctors trying to uh, contain this virus. So it's exactly like what's happening right now, which yeah. is so weird to have uh, been a part of something that is so topical that we had no intention of being topical. Right. But ours is the comedy version, and everything ends up being fine on our show. Okay, spoiler. I just spoiled the ending. <laughs> well, I shouldn't say it's fine, but it kind of ends on a cliffhanger. Um, but in the real world, we don't know. <laughs> we, we don't yeah, know. TBD. TBD. Uh, if you lock yourself in your home or in your car, you'll probably be fine. Yeah. Load up some podcasts. Load up your Netflix queue. So you're going to do that. You're going to— Use this worldwide epidemic to promote <laughs> podcasts. Well, if I had any other solutions, yeah, uh, yeah, but uh, unfortunately, I don't have the vaccine. I'm not sitting are there, on that and choosing. Are any to of your advertisers my... the people that make the masks or the um, <laughs> gowns? Because those would be great advertisers to have. Yeah, I I wish. Yeah. No, our our only advertiser actually is uh, a lubricated catheter. Pre-lubed. <laughs> Pre-lubed catheter. I think you might have lost that sponsorship after Yeah, this. that keels. I burned a lot of bridges today. <laughs> we burned a lot of bridges. Uh, okay, well, on that note, where else can people uh, find you if you so want them to? Um, uh, yeah, I mean, the main thing is Medical Police on Netflix. Uh, I did do a new thing that's coming to HBO pretty soon uh, with Mark Ruffalo. It's called I Know This Much Is True, and that is not a comedy. That is a straight-up drama, 
and that comes out in April. Um, so you can see me mostly in those things. And then, you know, like everybody else, I'm on Twitter and Instagram and all that. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Thank and, you for having me. Uh, and guys, if you're still listening to this, I'm not an asshole. <laughs> you are not. I'm I not. Can, I, I can sound confirm. like an asshole, but I'm not. <laughs> um, but yeah, everyone will be dead, so it's fine. That's right. All right, we're almost there. We're almost at the end of the show. But first, our chasers. Chasers are the good stuff that helps all the bad stuff go down easier, starting with the TV we've been watching this week. Barry, what you been watching? Well, I basically have shows that I only watch on airplanes now that I just download for the airplane. And that show currently is Chilling Adventures of Sabrina Part D. So I'm watching that because I've been on a couple airplanes recently. And it's uh, just as dumb as I wanted it to be. <laughs> so Good. Yeah. It's not, I don't, it's a fun show. There's a lot of problems with it. But I, I don't know what it is about Kiernan Shipka that I will just watch her in anything. I really do love her and I don't know why. <laughs> so yeah, that, that's one of the things that I, that I put back into my rotation this week. What are you watching? I have not finished the show, but I'm a few episodes in and I'm now hooked enough that I am unable to turn away. And that is Love is Blind, (laughs) the reality competition dating show on Netflix. But yeah, it is the most dystopian show I've ever seen. It is truly wild. Uh, It is a Black Mirror episode as a dating show. I feel like I missed the train. I wanted to watch it when everyone was freaking out about it. But now it's like I feel like so much of the fun is the collective freaking. Yeah. I don't think the train has entirely left. Okay, But it's definitely on the way out. Yeah. I don't know. Well, they also just had a reunion because Mm. I guess they filmed most of it like a couple years ago. Yeah. Yeah. So they just now that it's like coming out and people are freaking out about it, they have they're they're doing like reunions with the people who end up together. It's just a yeah, it's a very weird show. I do love that they've just been like going wild with these different like dating show formats. They're like we will unseat the bachelor as the craziest dating show on TV. And they might just have done it. What is your non-TV chaser? My non-TV chaser is an experience I shared with you. Uh-huh. And with our friends Ellen, Gabrielle, and Andrew. And that was going to Disneyland. Yes. I went to Disney World when I was very little and I remember I remember very little about that time. And going into Disneyland, I thought we'd spend a couple hours there. I thought we'd walk around, go on a ride or two, a call hours. it a day. So I like I I was like making we thought we were going to do karaoke in the evening. But no 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 no. We were there from 8:30 in the morning, which was like late for my friend Ellen, <laughs> until after midnight. Yeah. That was like 16 hours. It was so long. And you know what? I loved every single goddamn <laughs> minute, of it, minute of it. It was truly the happiest place on earth. I had so much fun. I went on a roller coaster for the first time in 10 years because uh, my back could handle it. And I started off screaming and then laughing because I was screaming so much. And then halfway through the roller coaster, just fully crying because I was so happy. I cried multiple times from absolute pure joy at Disneyland that day. And it really made me happy. Um, Is your chaser also Disneyland? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I this was my third time going to Disneyland, shockingly. Yeah. <laughs> I went for the first time uh, in 2014. And then at some point since then, I was also there. <laughs> and so this was my third time, but it had been a little while. And I, I will say this was the best time that I've had. 
the friends that we went with, they both, all three of them are season pass holders and like know the park like the back of their hands. And yeah. also, I like, grew up going on family vacations there or grew up in near one of the parks. They have a plan. They know how to do it. Like, they are great guides throughout. It was, like, a lot of resting, way more resting than I expected. Right. I thought that I was going to go and just get dumb stoned and, like, walk around and be silly. But I was like, oh, no, I'm having pure joy just from being sober here. Yeah. Also, as someone who gets anxious walking around New York City for an hour, I assumed I would hate Disney because of the crowds. But turns out I love fake towns (laughs) that also have roller coasters near them. Yeah. And that is Disneyland. I went on like one fast ride. It should surprise absolutely nobody based on my entire personality that I'm not a huge roller coaster person. And the one ride that I almost lost my shit on was the Cars ride. At nine in the morning. (laughs) Sitting next to basically an infant. (laughs) Uh, Who was fine. Yeah. And uh, there was uh, one photo that I have from, from a fast ride that was me kind of, yeah, gripping myself it looked like you were praying we'll post it (laughs) uh anyway that was our adventure those were our chasers and that's it for today's episode so thank you for listening to unhappy hour you can head to apple Podcasts, spotify stitcher wherever you get podcasts hit that subscribe button then rate us and review us but only if it's nice i want to hear your shit Unhappy Hour is a production of Pineapple Street Studios. It's produced by Barry Finkel, Melissa Slaughter, and me, Matt Belisai. Special thanks to Jenna Weiss-Berman and Max Linsky. Our music is by Hansdale Sue. You can bother Barry at Finkelberry Pie. You can worship me at Matt Belisai. And you can follow Unhappy Hour Pod on Twitter for all the latest podcast buzz. And that's it. That's everything. Thank you for listening. See you next week. <gasps> uh, bye-bye. Suddenly, Seymour. <laughs> Excuse me. I would like to point out Matt just burped into his arm, into his elbow. It was a beautifully done burp. Thank you so much. And we will be turning on the air extractors because it was a smelly one. <laughs> Good. Jake, I had a- a harvest bowl, okay?